Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike. Chris Carlin. Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time. Half marathon? Like, why are we half-assing this? <laughs> I mean, we, oh, look at me. I want to go run a half marathon everywhere in the country. Like, just, just honestly, I'm going to go do half the show today. Good for me. Like, <laughs> honestly. Can you imagine eating half a sandwich when people say, oh, I'm going to no. get half a sandwich and a soup? You uh. can save half the sandwich for later. You know what? Those people are called quitters. That's what <laughs> wow. they are. Well, wow. let me finish this later on. They're procrastinators. No, don't eat half. Take half a sandwich home with you. Come on. There's still a debate about who wins in a race, Cece and I. There's no debate. I There's win. no debate. 40 you think yard, that you're going to be a professional athlete in a 40-yard dash? I think I could beat an ex-professional athlete <laughs> who says he doesn't want to play one singular play ever again in football because of how beat up his body is. Yes. Okay. And I'm talking about Chris Carlin, of course. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kenji once told me, unless he's getting paid, he's never running again. No, I did say that. Well, I did say that. Speaking of running, I heard you had a lot to say about my half marathon, and I want to use well, this I opportunity mean, listen, to invite you to run one with me. <laughs> Well, first of all, if I'm going to run a marathon, I'm not going to half-ass it like a half-marathon. Oh, Good for you. Wow. wow. What is that? Wow. That's half of an accomplishment. So you want to do versus Smalls. You, you want to do the New York City Marathon together? I really don't. <laughs> it takes me, me either, It takes way. me four hours to drive that course as opposed to even running it for Pete's sake. I think you need to just commit. No, that's never been a strength. So <laughs> you play to your strengths. You do what you got to do. But now, to be fair... You've never run a full marathon, right? No. Okay, so now I might you're do you know Call me then. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> okay, so once I'm done with my half marathon journey, I said I'm going to run the New York City Marathon once, and then I'm never going to run again. No charity 5Ks, no jog on a Saturday. I'm a walker. I got that part covered. I got so, the, the, the walking So when part, I arrived yeah. at the New York City Marathon. Never run <laughs> so how many more states do you have? Um, I've done 26. 26? So, You've so done. 24. Twenty-four? Uh, no, 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 no. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. I didn't want to make anybody look. Bad. Oh, you always <laughs> have to one-up me. No, 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 no. Listen, I think it's admirable that you want to do half an achievement. That's great. <laughs> is, it's, there any, not wrong. is there any part of you that when you do your half marathons, you feel like, wow, I'm halfway there. Why not do it fully there? Never. Never. Okay. <laughs> Never. Yeah, when, I promise you, you're not saying that at mile 13. At mile 11, you. there's usually a fork in the road where they say half marathoners continue on to the finish line. Full marathoners go left. And I look at these people and I'm like, I'm going to be at brunch in 20 minutes. <laughs> you're not even halfway done. I would admire it. You know, you know, that point for me is actually about half a mile. Yeah. Once, we get to, once we get to half a mile, like, I can do one or two things. I can try to get to the full mile, or I can just shut this thing on down. Now, if you can tell me I can run a half marathon with a mimosa, then we're okay. You can. If you're going to brunch. You definitely absolutely. can. Yeah. Do you think that I could beat Canty in a race? No. No, and it's nothing against you. He, it, The professional athlete part of you doesn't leave. 
Well, it is against you. You weren't a professional athlete. It still <laughs> is amazing to me that your jersey is the one that is up in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I have no idea why, but I, I think I think that's the beauty of the show, though. It's like Six. it's so obvious for the guy who won the Super Bowl to have the jersey up. It's not as obvious for the guy that threw eight interceptions in one game. Oh, it was game. eight. Yeah. I only had it at six. Uh, <laughs> you, missed the, you missed the fourth quarter. I mean, come on now. But oh, the biggest question is how did he leave you in the game? I don't understand I that don't understand either. how that yeah. was I like how question. somehow. 20 years later, we're blaming the coaches for that. <laughs> like, it's not me. Well, yes. It's the coaches. What, you, Man, you put you, some, you, some kid on the other school and went to scholarship and college for free because of, yeah. of what you did. Oh, there were a you lot of scholarship guys. I'm going to school for free because of Evan Cohen. You do not ever blame the infant who drove the car off the ledge. You drove. The, you blame the person who gave him the keys. Yes. And that's the coach in that instance. No, very, no. very interesting. All right. game now, before Evan we get Cohen. to football uh, here with Carlin, Carlin versus Joe Noon until 3 Eastern. Eastern time. How was the dinner last night? There's been a lot of drama around these ESPN dinners. We're all here in Bristol, Connecticut. There are people that want in on our dinner that mm-hmm. don't want in on other dinners, uh, yours included. Right. Uh, how was your dinner last our night? Our dinner was outstanding. Uh, it was excellent. We had some great wings. We we do. We relate to the people. We do mm. what normal, everyday Americans do. You guys want to go to your fancy dinners, that's, that's up to you. That's all you. I understand. Speaking of fancy dinners, big fella, do we have the Super Bowl spread already figured out? What were we at with this? Thing? Again, another that's what point everybody of, wants to know. Another point of contention with you guys, like you, you, you know, the draft yesterday of whose parties you want to go to. You, I mean, what are yes. we doing, Tim Legler? Yeah, Tim Legler over me. Yeah, why? Because here's the thing: it, it here's, he throws a Halloween party. You want to know my strategy? Mm. It is actually hypothetically possible that you and I could be at the same Super Bowl party. The only way I get invited to Legler's house is if you do what you did yesterday. Ah, There's a strategy behind excellent, it. Excellent. So it's really not about who's going to throw the best party. It's where can I go to be seen and get invited to some celebrity house. That I wouldn't normally be invited to. Yeah. You and I have hung out in real life. Yes. I don't need the radio to have us hang out. You think any of the people that I put on that list will ever hang out with me? That's in a good life? point. That's a good point. Thank but I, I mean, I respect Michelle at the same time. She puts Fortinball on the list yes. because she wants to make money. That's right. Exactly. It's a money making day. There you no go. question. We're you didn't actually answer CeCe's question, answer though. My question uh, though. No, it is not planned out. Um, see, I'm not a big Super Bowl party person. And the primary reason is yes. we got to pay attention to the game. Thank you. And I know you're going to watch it twice. And we've been through exactly why it is that there are instances where you really don't have a say in what goes on at That's home. fair. That's fair. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You're still very newly married, yeah. a little over a year. That's Oh, you weren't saying a big totally picture. You were saying specifically Chris. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. No, All but right. I, I'm not it a was big... Well, it was well understood. I, 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 do, not, I do not run my household. <laughs> right, but I thought he meant the masses I do not, I do where not people run get dragged household. into the well, parties. Well, uh, no, but here's the thing. I run I am around not, my household. I, I do not run Here are things I love about Super Bowl parties. Uh, you know, the box pool. I love the box so pool. Fun. Love doing those. I, I love socializing before the game. Mm. But once the game starts, I don't want to be talking to 100 people. I actually want to watch the game. I yeah, agree. I got that part of it. But what are the snacks that you want to have on deck when you <laughs> are watching the game? Okay. Super Bowl party be damned. He wants the menu. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to, 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 to put the policy touches on my menu. I'm trying to figure yeah. out what you're doing. Here's you what's might amazing. might be doing something that I want to do. Uh, you think I'm avoiding the topic you of are. food. You are. You are. You are. No, listen. You got to have mini hot dogs. 
God, I have many you hot dogs. Really? Absolutely. Pigs in a blanket, got to. That's got first to. on your you know list? Got to. It's up there. Absolutely. I'm in. It are is you, absolutely up there. Dipping them in mustard or something? Is yeah, you got a little mustard and okay. spicy, spicy mustard. Okay. Oh, yeah. For me, spicy mustard. Yeah. Wife only likes the plain mustard, which yellow, I do not get. Yellow mustard. She is from the West Coast. I think that's a West Coast thing. Okay. okay. Um, a little strange. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, listen. Uh, uh, but again, I, I can say that. You can't. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. What else we got? I, I'm a big chip guy. So okay. if you're going to, like, I did not do the chips and dip thing yesterday because I had something else uh, I had to do. But I'm a big chip guy. I will try virtually any dip. Mm. I will get involved in that. But when it boils down to it, got to go basics. Onion dip, two ingredients, as easy as could be, as good as it gets. What kind of chip, though? Because you got to have the oh, right it's gotta chip be kettle to cooked. hold the dip. Got to be kettle cooked. The kettle cooked. Okay. Got to be, you know. I'm, small a little Cape Cod. Girl. Yeah. Oh, I love Cape okay. Cod. <laughs> Carlin, why are you not going with scoops? You get more bang for your buck. Here's the problem. I take a bite out of the scoop. Some, like, that thing does not, you cannot predict how it is going to break off in your mouth. Next thing you know, <laughs> I got a cut in my gum from a scoop. That has happened. So uh, Justin, Justin, I, I, Justin I, I, Craig, I, I, our so... boss, gets a call. He's out Monday. A scoop cut. Can't do the show after the Super Bowl. Sorry, Joe. Going solo. Fella, I, got a con- I got a conflict right now because I'm trying to decide. Typically, I would go with the pizza from Ruby Rosa on a football okay. Sunday. Yeah. But because it's Super Bowl Sunday, one of my favorite places, one of our favorite places, Quality Italian in New York City, is offering to pick up for the chicken parm pizza. Oh, really? Yes. And so I was just like, I don't, like, do I Ooh. deviate from the typical game plan that I go with? A formula that I've had success with. Yes. The the, the pizza from mm-hmm. Ruby Rosso on game day. Do I go with that, or do I go? Do I take the big swing and go with the chicken parm from Quality Italian? But I don't think you're going to be disappointed by taking the big swing there. Like it'd be a big swing if you didn't know what you were working. But with. it's not really a handheld kind of food. See, no. I like the handheld kind of foods. The pizza, I fold, I fold it, boom, <laughs> put a little, put a little red, uh, red chili flakes on it, yep. Parmesan mm-hmm. cheese, boom, yes. supper's good. That's fair. I can't do that with the chicken parm pizza from Quality Italian. Well, mm-hmm. it should be pointed out, sorry to interrupt, I want to make sure that people understand across the country, the chicken parm pizza is chicken parm in a pizza shape. It's not actually chicken parm on the pizza. So Correct. the advice is get both. Yeah. But you got to eat the pizza first. That's too much food, The chicken part is, is too filling. It's too much, it's too much food, though. I've it's, never it's, had that just, problem. Uh, too much food? Yeah. It's too much food. Now, listen, I, I, I might go both and, and just dabble. You you, you do you in that spot. Just, just graze? Exactly. Okay. I like to graze. I heard uh, you talk about I'm that yesterday. I'm a, oh, I'm a grazer. Oh, oh, let me graze. Oh, if you're oh a dip God. guy, may I suggest a buffalo chicken dip? Oh, I love buffalo hits. chicken dip. Always hits on a Super Bowl it Sunday. Absolutely can't miss. I mean, you, you really have to screw things up to mess up a buffalo chicken dip. That's right. You do. And again, by the way, raw meat, I mean, what are you, a child? Yeah, grow Come up. on. Seriously. <laughs> I grossed out by it. Roast hibachi, very so, tricky. I look, I do the look away with hibachi. <laughs> I love the food and the value, but I gotta. Hey, how you doing? I'm like looking yeah. at everybody. Yo, I'm talking to the person next to me who you don't want to sit with. You know, when you go with like two people and then there's yeah. like two other people. Yeah, I I have to engage in conversation because I can't look at the. So meat. you'll watch the Onion Tower. Oh yes. and then you're can, out <laughs> trying to turn your head. Oh my a, god! Can we get a new bit on the Onion Tower? Every hibachi right. chef has very to do fair. it. It's a Very little fair. much. Oh, We've on. done it. We've done it to death. <laughs> yeah, big, you know? big, big fella. But we expect it. Big fella. We I'm, do, I'm, I guess. I'm checking my watch, and this is about the time that Kyle Shanahan usually loses his glass slipper. <laughs> like, I'm just wondering, like, are, are, 
Are we primed for another implosion from Kyle Shanahan on Super Bowl Sunday? I heard the discussion about this yesterday, and you guys are comparing him to Andy Reid. Like, I think it could get closer to Marv Levy type talk, where we value these guys as great head coaches as a Hall of Famer like Marv Levy, but he's never going to be in a discussion when you talk about the greatest head coaches of all time because of what happened. Um, when you have guys who have lost multiple Super Bowls like that, they're, as much as that is important uh, in winning it to the positivity of somebody's uh, career, their resume, losing the, that amount of Super Bowls, you lose two and really three if we're counting the Patriot game, uh, then – then you start to get into some dangerous territory. You may be an all-time great coach, but if you can't get over the hump. Mm. That's a great one. Marv, Marv Levy's name never comes up unless we're talking about the oldest coaches in history. Or unless we're talking about guys who lost four Super Bowls but in a row. Yeah. But we don't yeah. do that because he's yeah. one of one in that regard. Right? Exactly. Like that's, that's an interesting one. I mean, but here's the thing. We can hear that, and I know you don't mean it this way, as an insult. Like, oh, he's being a Exactly. That's, that's a compliment, but it's not putting you with Andy Reid. That's a backhanded compliment. Exactly. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. I don't think you meant it as an insult, but it's not necessarily the case. Well, no, All it's, the great coaches, that's not the category you want to be in. It's not the first. We're not talk, when we're talking about top five coaches, top ten coaches of all time, Marv Levy's not even in the discussion no. because of what happened there. Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time today, ESPN Radio. Coming up, Emmett Smith, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Last time he joined us, odd handshake. We'll discuss next <laughs> on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. As long as Mahomes is there, yes, they always have a chance. That's for sure. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. The last time we had Emmett Smith, <laughs> Hall of Famer in studio, I went to uh, shake his hand. He didn't even realize I was shaking his hand because he's already walked by. I did a terrible job attempting to shake his hand. I did it just in the worst way possible. So I'm very lucky, and we all are very lucky today, that Emmett's on the phone, that he doesn't have to deal with us uh, by way of me trying to shake his hand. He is here on behalf of Narcon, na- Narcon Nasal Spray, and Emmett will talk about that in just a couple of minutes. First of all, good morning. Um, Emmett, let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs specifically. When you see them, do they feel like a dynasty like you guys were in Dallas? Uh, they don't feel like we felt like in Dallas, but I think what I mean, they are great football, great football players, and the skill position. 
Uh, Andy Reid has them playing a lot of mistake-free football. And, uh, I mean, overall, when you try to compare the teams, I, I, it would, it, it's not going to give them any justice. It's not going to be us any justice either because we had a ton of Hall of Fame players in our squad. So, it's pretty bad on here. But the Kansas City Chiefs is a team that, has a, that uh, you cannot slip on. Hey man, there's been a lot of debate about the quarterback on the other side, Brock Purdy, and whether he's a game manager, game changer, how good is he? Is he a product of what's around him? When you watch the San Francisco 49ers and him in particular, what do you see and how would you characterize him as a player? Well, I think that the term game manager is, is, is underrated. Uh, I think you have to manage game situations no matter who you are at the quarterback position. Patrick Mahomes does the same thing. That's why he takes off and runs on third down. That is managing game situations. Most people that are talking about game managers and football players, they don't know what the heck they're talking about. They're just, they're just spewing information out there. That sounds good. It's a great quote to have. Uh, but Rob Purdy is a game manager. He's a guy that's managing his team straight to the Super Bowl while the others are at home right now. Emmett, I'd also love to get your evaluation of one of Brock Purdy's biggest weapons in Christian McCaffrey. When you look at him in an all-time sense, how good is he? I think he's very good. Uh, I can't look at it in all-time sense until his career is actually over. Uh, but right now, he's still in the process of establishing his identity on the National Football League. He's doing a great job thus far. Uh, I mean, he's a hard worker, great run out of the backfield, great pass receiver as well. Uh, blockers also. So overall, as a football player, he is what you need on your team. But most importantly, he's available. Uh, this year he's been available for the Niners. And, and so that's the key part of being a great running back in their first, second, and third down when your team actually needs you. And most importantly, uh, week in and week out. We're talking with Hall of Famer Emmett Smith on behalf of Narcan Nasal Spray and the Ready to Rescue campaign, which Emmett will talk about in just a couple of minutes here. Are you surprised that Mike McCarthy is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, to be honest, I am a little surprised, uh, all because of the way things ha- has transpired over the last few years um, with removing Kellen as the OC and taking over the controls of the offense and so forth. Uh, I am a little surprised. The way our team acted out of the playoff, I'm real surprised because uh, it, to me, I, I look to my leaders and leaders look to, to players to be ready and be prepared for the situations in all situations. And uh, unfortunately for us, I don't know if we were as prepared as we needed to be. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's unfortunate because um, the way we exit it, the, the playoff this year was not – it was not a good look, put it that way. And uh, and it was somewhat embarrassing. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I think players uh, at some point uh, have we, – we talked about Brock Purdy and managing game situations. And so when I look at uh, what happens in some of our games, uh, I don't know if the players are really truly aware of game situations. I mean, I can go back to the Detroit game. Where we threw the ball three straight times when we didn't have to throw the ball three straight times. All we had to do was just kind of milk the clock out because the clock was our friend. It wasn't Detroit's friend. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Detroit finds themselves at the five-yard line trying to punch it in the or, or, or go ahead. So those situations that that stands out to me the most, uh, it, it lends you to believe that 
that either uh, we're not trained or coached properly in, in terms of game type of situations because at times players do have to overcome coaching because coaches don't always make the best decisions and players don't always make the best decisions. So it's, it's equal on both sides. And when you see players doubling up the mistakes that a coach make or coaches doubling up on the mistakes that the players are making, it's not a good look. Yeah, Emmett, that example that you brought up with the Detroit game, you left a minute a, a minute more of clock than they would have had for a team that had no timeout. So the game management point is well taken. And looking at the season and the ending of it, Jerry Jones said in his postseason press conference, he said that this team would go as far as Dak Prescott could take them, and that's exactly where they went. How does that frame the negotiations that the Cowboys are going to be going into with Dak this offseason in attempts to try to extend him. <clears throat> Again, I'm going I'm to go back to preparation. And uh, whoever the OC is, whoever the uh, offensive coordinator is, which we know Mike McCarthy is the offensive coordinator and head coach, it's about, it goes back to preparation. How are you preparing Dak Prescott? Is Dak Prescott keenly aware of game-type situations like, like – uh, a Brock Purdy maybe, or like a Patrick Mahomes maybe. You see Patrick Mahomes taking off and running in one-on-one situations because it's needed at, at times. And uh, and he takes advantage of every game-type situation. Are we been, has he been trained that way? Has he been prepared that way? Has he been prepared to be a robot? And I hate robots in the National Ball League. At some point, as a football player, your instincts have to take over because you know the game situations. And and that's not happening. Uh, that can be on That can be on coaching, but at the end of the day, you play the game. You play the game to win. You don't play the game just to, for stats. You don't play the game for pass on the back. You play the game to win. Emmett, I want to bring you into one more Cowboys debate that we've had on the show recently. We certainly talk about the Dallas Cowboys maybe more than any other franchise out there, but they haven't won a Super Bowl in recent memory. Are they still America's team? Yes, and we'll always be America's team. You cannot take that moniker away from us no matter what. We established it. It's our brand. It's like taking Nike brand away from Nike or taking Jordan brand away from Jordan. It's not going to happen. Everyone else wants to be called America's team, and uh, it's just not going to happen. Emmett, tell everybody what you're doing with Narcan Hazel Spray, the Ready to Rescue campaign with Super Bowl week here. Yeah, I'm very proud and honored that Emergent uh, asked me to join forces with them to spread more awareness around opioids overdoses. And, uh, and so – with, with, with the campaign, I'm here uh, just to continue to spread the word, uh, making sure that people uh, stay ready versus trying to get ready for any type of emergency type of situation. And so um, the whole campaign, the Ready to Rescue campaign, it's all about being equipped with the Narcan nasal spray just in case you run into a situation that you might not rec- recognize as an overdose, but could be an overdose. So if you if you're ready, you don't have to get ready. So that's that's the really really the crux of what we're trying to do. I've, I've lost family members <clears throat> that got got addicted to uh, opioids uh, in recent time in the last six weeks or so. Uh, I had a good friend of mine lose a son um, to opioid overdoses or just overdose in, in general, and um, and so I'm just trying to make sure that. No one really has to go through those type of situations or you have the ability to help someone that could be in need. 
Narcan.com for more information. N-A-R-C-A-N.com for more information so you can uh, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, as Emmett then said. The Ready to Rescue campaign with Narcan nasal spray. Emmett Smith, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Y'all be good. All right, there's Emmett Smith. Um, certainly said a lot of things about McCarthy and Beck. Not necessarily yeah. a believer, at least how we interpret what he just said, at that combo. Let's continue that conversation coming up because Emmett Smith may have just dropped some bombs on this show. We will talk about that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. So as we head into Super Bowl 58, obviously tons of conversation, of course, about Kansas City and San Francisco. But there's always conversation about the Dallas Cowboys. Always. Emmett Smith just joined us, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And um, I think he said a couple of things, uh, gained some traction today, to say the least. Let's, uh, for those just joining us, we asked him about the idea of whether or not he was surprised if Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys, did not get fired. To be honest, I am a little surprised, uh, all because of the way things ha- has transpired over the last three years. Removing Kellen as the OC and taking over the controls of the offense and so forth, uh, I am a little surprised. The way our team acted out of the playoff, I'm real surprised. Because to me, I look to my leaders, and leaders look to, to players to be ready and be prepared for the situations in all situations. And uh, unfortunately for us, I don't know if we were as prepared as we needed to be. And the way we exited the playoff this year was not, it, it was not a good look, put it that way. And uh, and it was somewhat embarrassing. It, it lends you to believe that either uh, we're not trained or coached properly in, in terms of game type of situations. At times, players do have to overcome coaching because coaches don't always make the best decisions. It's not a good look. Wow. Embarrassed. I mean, I mean he, flamed, he flamed Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott in one soundbite. Like, like sometimes like players have to overcome coaching, too, because they're not always going to put you in the best situation. So basically, let me go ahead and throw Dak Prescott under the bus while I'm throwing Mike McCarthy under the bus, too. Wow. But he's not wrong, though. He talked about the way that they got bounced out of the playoffs again. Jerry Jones echoed those same sentiments, saying that it was unconscionable, the loss, and likely the worst playoff defeat of his entire career. But who who, like, if Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott are listening to our show right now, first of all, thank you. Second of all, Who's taking that the hardest? Who hears that and is like, geez, that well, hurts. I mean, it's Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, yeah. Yeah, because the, the Cowboys don't have any alternative to Dak Prescott. 
Dak knows he's going to be the highest paid player in the NFL when he signs his new deal. And I get that a lot of football fans, and especially Cowboys fans, are looking at it and saying, are you out of your mind? There's no way you can make Dak the highest paid player. Well, let me tell you the leverage that Dak Prescott has. He's got a full no trade clause, and he's got a no tag clause. And he's got a $59.5 million cap hit in 2024. So in order to lower that cap hit, in order to pay other players on the team and prospective free agents, you're going to have to extend Dak. And here's why that's important. CeeDee Lamb is up for a new contract, all-pro wide receiver. Michael Parsons is eligible for a contract for the first time. He's going to want his money. So you've got to take care of those other guys. You need the cap flexibility. You need the room that Dak could create with a contract extension. But he's not going to be in a hurry to do you any favors unless you're going to make him one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid player in the entire sport. What's so interesting about all of this is like the Dallas Cowboys we know of late are not the Dallas Cowboys that Emmett Smith knows. No. And right. the standard that he played with and that group played with under Jimmy Johnson specifically, and then obviously not trying to discredit Barry Switzer, but it's Jimmy Johnson is most known for that standard, obviously. Um, that's not the same as we've seen over the last 20, 25 years, even when you were there, CC, I mean, yeah. you saw it. It was more of a, I don't want to say looser environment, and you played for Parcells, but it was more of a... No, 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 I'm not going to say that, because it was a loose environment down there in terms of you know what they were doing, but Jimmy had them buttoned up on the field. Yeah. Like, when it came to them practicing, when it came to workouts, all that stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Jimmy had that stuff buttoned up. Uh-huh. Right, and the so, off the field, we've heard about the, the White House and everything yeah, that people they, have yeah, read about. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but, I mean, I guess the intensity when it came to the preparation from the 90s Cowboys is different than what we're seeing now, and their preparation allowed them to be at their best in the postseason. And we're seeing the opposite with these Cowboys under the current regime with this culture in place. I mean, he said embarrassing. He said that it, it, it was is embarrassing. embarrassing. They got, they got, I know. They got whooped by the Green Bay Packers. At home. It was the youngest playoff roster in 50 years in the NFL. The, average age, of, the average age of players on the Green Bay Packers is 25 years old. It's, it's the youngest playoff team since 1974. So, yeah, like that, that, that was embarrassing for Jordan Love in his first season as the full-time starter to go into your place and beat the brakes off you. That wasn't even a close game. It was non-competitive. That's how you – and this was supposed to be a win-now year. Yes. And so, yeah, you've got to be frustrated, and, and, and you hate to have, have that disappointment as the backdrop to so many consequential decisions that are going to be made this offseason in terms of paying players. How do you justify paying Dak upwards of $60 million a year? How do you justify paying Michael Parsons $35 million a year? How do you justify paying CeeDee Lamb $30 million a year? You don't. It's hard to do that when you're when you're looking at what the returns are for having those players on their team be so slim once they get to the postseason. Well, if I am going to decide to pay Dak long-term, that is to me where you say, sorry, CeeDee Lamb, you're awesome, I can't pay you. Because I'm of the belief that if you believe a quarterback is great, you pay a, quarter, a great quarterback – Great money to make others great. You don't pay great money to everyone else to make the quarterback. So great. what you're saying is like a, a Tyreek Hill S type of trade with CD Lamb. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would do. And I think CD Lamb's awesome. Wow. Well, I mean, because here's the thing. Wow. If you okay, here's here's the way I would look wow. at it. We take Mahomes out. I'm not saying take Mahomes out for a second. Yeah, okay. Take Mahomes out because he's an anomaly of how great he is. Who's two, three, four? Give me the names that you would just put out there. Wide receivers? No, no, uh, quarterbacks. Burrow. Oh, Burrow. Allen, okay. Lamar, Jackson, Burrow. Burrow's yeah. actually a great example. Yeah. On, I'm, I, if I'm the Bengals, I'm having a conversation with Joe. Unfortunately, 
because of your greatness, this is the penalty of greatness. We are going to pay you an insane amount of money, and we're going to have to let T. Higgins walk. We're going to keep Jamar Chase, but you can't have both of them. We're going to get somebody who's probably going to be worse upon arrival than T. Higgins. We are paying you to make him better. That's what the Dallas Cowboys have to decide. If you're going to pay Dak Prescott that much money, the conversation is we're going to have to let C.D. Lamb walk. We're going to recoup a pick. We're going to draft somebody maybe in the second round at that position, and it is your job to get him great. That's why we're paying you that money. We're not paying other people to get you great. Because the moment you pay skill position guys to make the quarterback great, you don't have a football team in my mind. You just don't. And you could say, well, look at the Niners here. The Ni- this was not the Niners' intent, right? This was a, an accident. The Niners' intent was to pay Jimmy Garoppolo and then to pay Trey Lance. Yeah. Now, they ended up paying the other guys, and they're helping Purdy. We know that. But ultimately, bad football teams, in my mind, pay the skill position guys to make the quarterback great. Great football teams pay this, the quarterback to make the skill positions great. That's what the Cowboys have to decide here. No, that's great, but you also pay the head coach to make the players play at their best when it's required, right? That's what you're paying the head coach for, to establish a culture that 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 allows them to perform when you need it the most. And, and that's the part that's so underwhelming, and that's what makes the decision to retain McCarthy so perplexing. Why, why are you keeping him, seeing as how the last three postseasons ended the way that they did? You lost in back-to-back postseasons to the San Francisco 49ers, one in your own building, might I add. And then you got bounced by the Green Bay Packers, who a lot of people didn't even think would make the playoffs because they were breaking in a new quarterback. I I just I don't understand the decision, neither did Emmett Smith. And going into 2024 with him as your lame duck head coach, I don't know how all of a sudden you shift the culture, change the environment to have a different result once we get to the second season. But if you're going to roll the dice with Dak again, which you are, he had a lot of success. They worked really well together. Why would you break up that dynamic? I know that it kind of feels like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But I don't know if they have any other options right now. Well, they might not have any other options, but it's going to be exponentially harder. You've got the first place schedule. And then, oh, by the way, your defense that's been so good the last three years just lost your defensive coordinator. He's now the head coach at a division rival in the Washington Commanders. So, I mean, it, it's it's not getting easier for the Dallas Cowboys, and it's going to be harder and harder for them to retain their key guys in order to have this sustained success. I think the other thing that's hovering over this is, like, I admittedly like Mike McCarthy better than you guys do, but at no point have either of you said Mike McCarthy is not a warranted head coach in this league no. or no. doesn't have a good resume. No, 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 no. It's who else is hanging over him. It's who else, the other coaches that are available, right? When you're talking about the GOAT that's out there, you're talking about Vrabel that's out there, you're talking about all these other guys that potentially could go in there. That's where it's like, okay, what's the, like, the stuff that Emmett critiqued, which is like allowing it to happen. Are we prepared situationally? Yep. Like, forget the GOAT. Vrabel is unbelievable situationally. Yeah, he's great. Right? So if that's a critique, you got Vrabel sitting right there. And while there was conversation about maybe possibly would the former Pats coach take the the Cowboys job, I don't think there's a conversation about whether or not Vrabel. Who? The the guy who used to coach the Patriots. Who, who you, are you I don't know. About? You don't know his name? Who are you talking about? You haven't he, figured he this out? Woody or something. Yeah, yeah that's good. Can you tell us his name? I don't know. I don't know his name. There's a challenge going Coward. on. Coward. <laughs> there's a challenge going Just pat out the challenge here, please. Well, we're going to start keeping a ticker on TV every time you say Bill Belichick's name because you bring it up pretty much every show, and so we're just going to keep an ongoing tally. But today, you've refused to say it multiple times just because you don't want to see the ticker go up. Well, you you shouldn't have told me the bit. It's on you because I'm competitive. But you can't keep this up. 
You can do it's it, going to be very difficult. You can do it for a day, maybe two. You're not going to be you able to do, do that this to the for audience. weeks in perpetuity. Evan, who's the greatest coach of all time? I don't know. He, I care. The name, he was with the Browns. He was with the Patriots. Our next guest is not a fan of his, I'll tell you that much. Lane Johnson of the Eagles scheduled to join us next. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. But first, CeCe has this from Vivid Seats. Okay, secure the bag and the seats and memories for this year at Vivid Seats. Your home for every dunk, every slap shot, and stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From buzzer beaters to walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. CC, were you ever nominated for Man of the Year when you played? I was not. I was the Giants' Walter Payton Man of the Year back in 2011, but I didn't get the league-wide one. The league-wide one. All right, well, Lane Johnson, offensive tackle, longtime offensive tackle, offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, the finalist for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide, and he joins us now. Are you a better man than Jason Kelsey? Man, I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I man, don't know I, either. I hope I can be half the man he is one day. Okay. Still, right. We still got some work to do. <laughs> well, Lane, speaking of your boy, Jason Kelsey, we all saw him uh, shirtless, hanging out of the suite in Buffalo, partying with Bill's Mafia. But I want to know about your other teammates. Who else can party Jason Kelsey style? Ooh, let me see. Man, Jordan, Malata can, uh, and Landon Dickerson definitely can when they when they want to. So yeah, we got those are the two young bloods. Lane, I know there's been a lot of speculation around Jason Kelsey's future, whether or not he's going to come back and play for you guys. Have you had any any communication with him? Has he let you know what his future plans are as far as football is concerned? Man, I've talked to him. Uh, he's been really busy, but you know, I'd love to have him back. I mean, I th- I think there's still a part of him wants to play, but you know, then again, he has a lot of good stuff going on, you know, outside of football. So we'll see how this weekend goes. Um, you know, and I think he'll make a decision probably then the next, next couple of months. Lane, what happened to you guys at the end of the season? Uh, well, we lost six or seven games. Um, we looked really bad on offense. <laughs> we looked really bad on defense. I think, uh, maybe we, we became too predictable. I felt like teams may have saw what San Fran did to us and, you know, things we might have struggled with. And 
And really, uh, the teams that we face put good game plans together, and we weren't able to do much. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of changes going on right now in Philly. Uh, it's not where we wanted to be, but on the comeback next year, we have a lot of ability, and, you know, we plan on changing things. Lane, what's you guys' confidence in Nick Sirianni as the head coach? Uh, extremely confident. You know, I think he does good uh, with managing the good times uh, and the bad. You know, even this year uh, when things weren't going well, um, we still held things pretty tight. But, you know, as the season progressed, um, you know, it just didn't go the way that we wanted to. But, you know, we had two new coordinators, um, you know, a lot of new position coaches coming in. So a lot of change. And, uh, you know, I think it'll do us some good. Uh, you you keep mentioning a lot of change, Lane. What specifically are you guys going to focus on this offseason and into early next season that you would like to see change? Um, you know, I think with our offense, um, you know, obviously we have a lot of talent, but I think what makes players or slows them down the defense side of the ball is, is misdirections, is disguising. And so that's the whole thing about this league when everybody's so talented, you try to implement schemes that create confusion and makes, makes guys think and slows them down. So from my offensive side of the ball, um, you know, I think it's what we're trying to do. Defensively, uh, bringing in Fangio with a with a lot of experience. You know, he's with us during the Super Bowl year, and you know, I think just his defenses, you know, throughout his tenure have been you know top ten, and so he's very knowledgeable. And uh, you know, I'm excited about our young guys that are that are coming up. We're talking with Lane Johnson, finalist for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide. It's going to be given out tonight as part of NFL Honors, 9 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Joining us here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. As a Man of the Year nominee and finalist here, obviously that means stand-up guy, honest, truthful guy, etc. So I have to ask you, during this offseason so far, was there a point at all where you thought you'd be playing for a different head coach next year? Uh, I mean, right after the season ended, when the emotions are high, yeah. I mean, it was I feel like everybody for at least a couple of weeks was um, be expected for anything. Wait, wait till after the exit meetings, and so that was really everybody's process. So I'd say, yeah, for the at least the uh, you know Pat, the two weeks after the last game, it was you know kind of anything's up. So. What do you think it was at the in the end there that made Sirianni get the job moving forward or keep the job moving forward? Like what ultimately put the organization over the hump in keeping him? Uh, well, I think he does a lot of great things well, and and obviously, um, you know, uh, managing managing different positions. And so, I think for us um, was to find I, I feel like people that were more in sync or had a better plan moving forward. With offensive defense, you know, we've had multiple the past three years. I guess this is our third set in three years. So um, so we need the guys with a lot of experience that, knew, that know how to come in, make quick adjustments, and put ourselves in the best position to win. So, you know, that's why we went with the coordinators we went with. Lane, just to switch gears quickly, I, I mean, looking ahead to Super Bowl Sunday, we got the Chiefs and the 49ers. Your team played against them both. As, as you've seen these teams up close and personal this season, what do you think the key to the matchup on Sunday is going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be the trenches. I mean, I think both O-lines are good. Um, I think maybe San Fran's D-line is a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I just look at when – I, when I played both teams, I thought San Fran was the supremely talented team. But, um, you know, when you're playing Patrick Mahomes – you know, everybody said that, you know, it was going to be hard for him to get here without 
receivers, without this and that. And, um, you know, that's what greatness is, man. There's, there's few players that can um, it can really just change the dynamic no matter what, and he's one of them. So uh, I'm not counting them out either. But as far as roster talent, uh, I, I feel like San Francisco had the edge. Well, Lane, congratulations on being a finalist for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern CBS. Hopefully for your sake you get it, and we do appreciate a couple of minutes here. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks right. for having me on. There he is, Lane Johnson, offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, joining us here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. So um, I had a thought during that conversation just now. I've, I thought back to one Chris Canty, who many times said, can someone explain to me what Nick Sirianni does really well Lane Johnson is not the person to explain no, that to no, you. No, he couldn't give you an answer. He was he great. Could, he couldn't give He's you an answer. He's an honest, good guy, and I'm not ripping him. I'm saying that it seems like he he coaches. He does the the things we're good at well. What? He coaches certain positions well. Of that, I would ask which ones. Like I, I, I just want to know. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, this is the thing. All I all I kept going back to is what you said about Sirianni. I don't think he meant to confirm, but he just confirmed. Well, I mean, he doesn't want to throw his coach no, in the box. No, yeah, of course not. Yeah, he's trying to be careful. Yeah, and I can understand that part of it, but as you go down the stretch and you lose six or seven games, you're searching for answers. And Nick Seriani said in a post-game press conference after the loss that if he knew what was wrong, then they wouldn't be having the conversation. I'm sorry, as a former player, if my head coach stood at the podium and said he didn't know what was wrong and why we're in a tailspin, me and him going to have a freaking problem. And I'm trying to avoid cursing, but I would say that differently to his face. <laughs> like, like, we're all in this together. This is our jobs. It's hard for me to do my job if you can't do your job. And a part of your job is finding answers. Because there's no reason a team that starts out 10-1 and one should lose 6-7. or seven. There's just no reason for it. Right. Well, what did we learn over the last hour on this show? We learned that uh, the Cowboys and Eagles people are as surprised as we are with the way in which this all went down with Emmitt Smith and Lane Johnson, right? Yeah. Like, we're not making up the the surprise around those two franchises because while Emmett Smith is not on the team, he's certainly in and around the team and knowledgeable of the team. And Lane Johnson is confirming like the confusion as to what exactly happened over the last seven weeks with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, play of the night really quick. Lakers, yep. we're going to take them at home, and we're going to go with the under on the point total, 233.5, and we're going to go with Nikola Jokic over 10.5 boards. So two-leg parlay. Would you blindly take the under for D'Angelo Russell if the thought he could get traded? No. That means CC believes that D'Angelo Russell will no, be on the Lakers uh, tomorrow, right? Yeah. Trade deadline today, 3 p.m. Eastern. All the coverage all day here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Television as well. We got a big dinner tonight. Lots of stories, hopefully, from that tomorrow. Greeny up next. We're on to Friday. We're on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.